Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, I have a return guest, probably the guest who's been on more than anyone other than my wife, uh, Mr. Tyler Gunter. So thanks for being on the show. Absolutely, man. Always happy to be here and chat with my buddy. Well, I was excited to get you on the show. Um, first and foremost, this is Investing for Freedom. And you know anybody that's listened to the podcast for a while knows that we've worked together for a long time. But uh, you're on a road trip. I am, man. I'm, I'm halfway through 30 days on the road with my, with my family. Uh, we picked up a COVID travel trailer and uh, with the dreams and ambition of kind of hitting the road through COVID. But on our first trip, it, uh, it broke down. And true COVID fashion, it was in the shop for about 10 months. So this is really our first opportunity to get out and enjoy it. But um, tons of fun. We've been up to Mount Rushmore. We've uh, traveled through Colorado, Wyoming. We're in Utah now. We're going to spend a week here checking things out. And, um, really, really fun. Well, I, I admire it, man. And, um, you know, that's one thing that I think probably the majority of our listeners um, either understand or need to understand or are trying to understand. You know, there's so many, we make up so many excuses in life, like why we can't, um, you know, as the GoBundance guys say, grab life big. And, you know, it's never convenient. It's never easy. I mean, I'm sure there was reasons in your brain why it doesn't make a lot of sense to be on the road for a month. But man, you know, just um, being in that zone where, you know, Dylan's 22 and and Tim's 20 and Kayton just turned 18. She literally just got her diploma in the mail. Um, you know, we're part of Front Row Dads, an amazing organization. And you only have so many summers with these guys. And so, um, you know, just again, there's all these reasons that we come up with in our brain why we can't live life to its fullness. And, and I just admire you for uh, jumping in there and getting it done, man. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, I've got, you know, the twins are 10 years old and we talk a lot about 18 summers, you know, and that's all we get. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I was having a hard time looking at, I got eight years left if I'm lucky, you know, as, as, as you know, you know, their friends are starting to get older. Um, so we're going to have to start transitioning summer vacations, right? We're going to have to start bringing friends with, or I, I shouldn't say have to, right? So we're going to get to start bringing some of their friends. Um, you know, they're kids that we, we love hanging out with and being with too, but it's going to transition and change. So, um, this was, this was an opportunity to, to get out and really build some memories and some time with my wife and kids. Uh, and the beauty of it is today's technology. There's no excuse not to, right? I mean, uh, I'm sitting in a, in a mobile or not a mobile home community. I'm so used to saying, right. I'm sitting in an RV park in Salt Lake city, Utah right now and utilizing cellular technology. I've got a laptop sitting in front of me. I got my iPad sitting up stacked up so we can be doing this video call there's really no excuse not to not to get out and do what we're doing or what we're saying we need to be doing anyway right yeah well you unintentionally just gave me a genius idea i mean as we start talking about you know the mobile home parks and you're obviously the ceo of our uh you know mobile home park investing uh why don't you just go on a road show and just live in our communities i mean that's well, it, 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 We've <laughs> joked about this in the past, right? Sending our regionals out in, in RVs and letting them letting them kind of get to the communities and spend some more one-on-one time in them and, and things like that. I mean, it's so simple. There's so much opportunity, so much technology that 
that we can all be taken advantage of. Um, you know, we joke about it, but the reality is there's no excuses. It's all in our head. Yeah. Well, uh, again, I admire you for, you know, just taking, grabbing life big and, and just getting out there and getting it done. Cause, uh, you know, we only live once. And, um, and again, I, I hear out there listening to it. I mean, I think really the thing is that we got to do is just really take inventory and check, um, you know, what are these limiting beliefs or reasons why I could never do that? Or, you know, that might be great for Tyler or, you know, whatever. But the reality is, I mean, we've only got one life at this and not even just with our kids in the 18 summers, but even our own life. I mean, I'm starting to, you know, think about the fact with the, with the kids, like, you know, kind of going off and doing their own life and everything else. There's all these things that, you know, I haven't done and that I want to do. And, and the reality is um, just check them off one by one. It's that simple, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Take action. Right. Um, and let's be real. Like I'm, I'm running five companies from the road like this. Um, but I'm not missing out on opportunities with family either. And it's not one, one or the other. You can do both. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. My wife is full-time student right now, going back to school for nutritional health to help us get healthier and, and better and, and heal us, heal us. Um, she's sitting up right outside the door, enjoying some sunshine and a picnic table, doing her homework. I mean, it's not one or the other. Get out and do it. Yeah, I love it. Well, the reason why I wanted to have you on today is just kind of like, uh, you know, num- number one, I wanted to talk about, you know, just some of the state of the union, if you will, when it comes to, you know, things in the US, there's all this talk about recession. And, you know, I was listening to um, uh, Chris Harder yesterday, actually, who's a mentor of mine. And he was talking about, you know, if you never turned the news on, um, you know, if you never got on social media, uh, you probably wouldn't even know that, you know, we're, we're, we're heading into, you know, we're basically getting ready to run off a cliff, right? And it just really got me thinking about, you know, perspective is so important because we've been through this before. Um, we, we've we've made it through it before. And as a side note, I mean, I think the mobile home park industry, even though we've had our challenges, I think uh, they've solved a lot of, we've solved a lot of those challenges, including, I say they, because our manufacturers and some of the issues that we've had. Um, but just from a high level perspective, we've solved a lot of our problems and challenges. Um, and so, yes, even though we're going into a recession, you know, I was, um, I'm getting ready for a webinar that, uh, we're, I'm going to have tomorrow night with, with investors on an income fund that we have. And, uh, you know, as I'm looking at all of this, you know, Bloomberg has a, uh, an, uh, article out there. It's the worst stock sell-off in half a century, and it might not be done yet. You're looking at all these, you know, the worst six months ever for financial markets, uh, flying will be the worst part of your summer vacation, which by the way, is been pretty true. I've, I've taken some trips recently and it's just been insane. And a lot of that is because, um, you know, the, the worker shortage and it's, it's interesting. We're in such a crazy time. And again, I want to get into the nuts and bolts of the mobile home park space and, and why we're still so optimistic and excited about it, but we're in such an interesting and challenging time too, because unemployment's at an all time low, right? Um, you can't find employees every literally in Austin. I've been, uh, I've seen restaurants that have signs on the door that are closed because of staffing shortages. I went to try to get an oil change in one of my cars this last, uh, I think it was Thursday. And dude, I had to go to five different places to try to get an oil change. It's insane. And most of them noted we're understaffed today. And so we've got all these issues pending. And again, you know, I loved what Chris said, because if you're not listening to the news and you're, you're not really, um, you know, buying into the doom and gloom, it doesn't really seem that bad. Right. What do you right, see on the road? So out here on the road, it's it's a lot of what you just talked about. But 
um, overall optimistic, fun. And I think that's part of this, this lifestyle anyway, people traveling and, and going between RV parks back and forth. Um, but no, same thing, right? You go into restaurants and um, half capacity still. Uh, we saw a lot of that through COVID, but we had COVID as an excuse. Right now, it's just they just can't, they can't get restaffed. Um, so waiting longer for, for food, which is a great excuse to sit around the, the campfire and, and grill with your kids. But it's, it's interesting. We've seen it a little bit in um, some, of our, some of our communities themselves. We've actually changed some of the, the tactics of how we hire and why we hire and how we compensate um, to adjust for that. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a lot more of the same. What you're seeing in Austin, we're seeing it everywhere as we've traveled around. It's not, it's not central to any one location, certainly. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, we're I, I go back and forth because I, you know, I, I I try to I try to listen to as many different opinions and and stuff as possible. And so, you know, I even in my own brain, I I bounce between different camps. But yeah, I I think we're just in such an interesting time. And I honestly don't. I'm not saying, you know, it's the old saying. It's it's different than before. I'm not I'm not saying that we don't need to pay attention to the writing on the wall. Um, or, you know, learn lessons that we learned in the last recession or the one before that. But the reality is, uh, and I was, I was reading this article in Forbes and it was talking about how inflation might, uh, might get much worse, um, this summer and could linger for many years. When you're really looking at all of these articles and, and the, the leading talking points and everything else, when you really just bring it back down to the simple, um, version of it, it's like, well, well, duh. I mean, you can't, you can't do what we've done since 2008 and even before that. And then recently through COVID and just giving away free money and, and all, a lot of these problems, again, it's like, well, well, duh, it's not, I, I don't think it's really, um, you know, crazy or shocking. I think it's just the more that it gets put in our face in different narrative, the more it becomes alarming. And when you really bring it back just to its simplest form, this is why I love affordable housing. Because when you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, what are the basic human needs? Food, clothing, shelter. shelter. You know, what, what do people need? And I think I was just on a coaching call with my coach this morning, Dr. John. And I think that one of my superpowers, if you will, is just coming back to the, the simple. I mean, so many people make so many things so complicated. And the reality is when we come back to the simplicity of it, you know, if you're wanting, if you're listening and, and you, you want to, you want to know what businesses to get in, or you want to know what to invest in, or you want to know, you know, what would be a good side hustle to start or whatever, what does everyone need? Food, shelter, right? Protection, yeah. water. That's it. That's yeah. what we need. And that's what we're always going to revert back to, right? Um, I, it's funny you mentioned like, um, you know, it's different this time. Well, how different is it really? I can remember you and I were working together back in 2007, 2008, and we were saying the same thing. We were seeing the writing on the wall, right? We saw massive inflation coming, which we didn't, you and I didn't see quantitative easement, but that's, that's okay, right? We can't anticipate everything. But we know it's a thing now. Um, but we saw we saw the writing on the wall. You and I were heavily investing in affordable housing at that time. We got some of our best properties in those couple of years, right? We saw in the service industries how in in difficult times people needed to improve their housing situation. They weren't moving; they were looking to improve their housing situation, but they couldn't sell their home and move up or anything like that. So what they were doing is. All of the all of the money that they were setting aside or that they were able to set aside, they were putting into improvements, or they were fixing their uh, HVAC units, or they were, uh, you know, the same the same problems, the same ailments exist, right? They were fixing their plumbing, they were doing things, and those that couldn't do that, they were moving down. We didn't see them move up; we saw them move down, right? 
And so they were moving from that really nice apartment complex into maybe not as nice of an apartment complex. They were moving from this 4,000 square foot home down into maybe a 2,500 square foot home in a different part of town that was a little more affordable, but had the amenities that they wanted. Uh, we saw a lot of it um, in moving industries, right? And so you and I, you and I saw a lot of that in our affordable housing. We saw people who were in construction and some of these entity or industries that were more challenged. They moved into markets that supported more service industries. They they supported more industrial industries, things like that. And that's the areas that we focus on and in investing in. And we had people who came from those industries that were in 4,500 square foot homes. I mean, you and I joked about it. A lot of these people had furniture that was worth more than the low income housing that we were providing them in those situations. Right. But that's the transition. That's that bend. That's why affordable housing, one, has been such a demand for the last 10 years anyway, because of inflationary factors, because of quantitative easing, because of all these things. But now it's just going to be compounded again with um, stagflation that I think is what we're going to see, right? The lack of industrial growth, the lack of economic growth with inflation on top of that, we're going to see that come down into this affordable housing space. And it's going to, I mean, it's, it's, it's almost going to eliminate affordable housing, unfortunately, which is a real challenge. Um, as you and Andrew have talked about for almost six, seven years now, um, the average income for a family is less than $36,000 a year. Right. There's not a whole lot of introductory homes right now in most markets are above two hundred thousand dollars a year. How does a family a whole, and we're talking a whole family unit. Right. We're not talking single income households and things like that, although that, that blend is in there. Thirty six thousand dollars a year doesn't get you much home um, when you're looking in traditional markets. Matter of fact, most people look at right if our if our combined salary for a household is this, then seventy five percent. Uh, you know, of that is what we're supposed to be spending on a home. That 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 eliminates majority of people at the two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollar market. Let alone um, affordable housing. These people that are doing the thirty six thousand. So that's why it's so so incredible to be in this space. But also, I see the writing on the wall that you know that that's gonna that's gonna transition. We've, we're still seeing we're still seeing homes that we that we can turn and and sell for twenty two twenty five thirty thousand dollars a home for these people. We can help them get into them with down payments. We can help them with their payments along the way and still be a very profitable company. Um, but we're even seeing it, right? As the industry, we've struggled over the last two years with production. Now that's changing a lot right now. Manufacturers have actually gone back to reallocating for um, for the communities uh, like our, ourselves, where 33% of their production is going into um, homes specifically for community owners like ourselves who are trying to fill spaces, provide homes for people. Whereas the last two years, they've 100% focused on retailers and custom home orders for people who are putting them on their own lots. So that's a great transition. But in that process, we've seen almost a 25% increase in cost. Now that's supply and demand, that's manufacturing, that's um, limited warehouse space that they've been reduced to. Um, they've also cut down designs, right? There's actual entire floor plans that have been eliminated from their lineup that we don't even have an option to buy anymore. Um, but we've seen that increase already. And if we're already seeing that increase, then we know that smaller increases are coming as well. And that's what I mean. This whole space is going to be annihilated in the next 10 years as far as the av availability of affordable housing. That's why it's so critically important right now that we help as many people as we can get into this space before they're priced out of it completely. You know, and uh, it's such an interesting, again, I, 
I, I played ping pong in my brain um, because I agree with you a hundred percent. Like the affordability of housing is going it, to, it's already a major issue and it's going to become an even bigger issue. And we've been talking about this for a while. When COVID hit, we saw the writing on the wall and I got a little nervous about the way that the government responded and reacted. And it was a knee jerk reaction. And I don't want to revisit that too much, but the reality was, you know, the eviction moratoriums and all of that, we knew, you know, again, you can learn how, you know, things are going to be handled by looking backwards. And this wasn't a Democrat thing. It wasn't a Republic thing. Not at all. um, Because obviously we had a Republican president. The reality is this is a government thing and this is a societal thing. And we need to figure out, you know, some of these problems. And what I'm excited about, um, you know, the White House just released a thing, I don't know, four weeks ago, and we've been talking about this for a while. We knew this was coming. Um, there, There's initiatives, uh, like basically forcing local states and municipalities um, to incentivize affordable housing, incentivize manufactured. One of, literally one of the bullet points in like a five bullet point statement was financing for manufactured housing, right? Because it is still the most affordable type of housing. And so even though there's problems, the one thing that I know for sure is that the government is going to step in um, and and help um, incentivize affordable housing, which is another reason why we're excited to be in the space. But the other thing too, when you look at, yes, manufactured homes have gone up. Um, you know, Yes, the value of these communities have gone up, which we're excited about. We're going to be able to take advantage of that on the exit when we roll these things up. But also when you look at every form, it's not just, um, you know, single individual, everybody's feeling it. I mean, obviously, if you, if you go and buy a house, I think this has contributed to the lack of inventory because if somebody's like, oh, my house has gone up so much, it's really hard to sell that house because then where are you going to go? Because you're, you know, right. the house you're going to buy is going to go up just as much. And now that interest rates are higher, it's this, again, this is why I was saying, I don't think we've actually really been here before. And, and I don't know how that anybody knows how it's really going to play out because we're still going to have an inventory problem. And I'm seeing, I saw two different reports yesterday, one saying, um, and I think it was, uh, I, it doesn't really matter, but so um, I think it was the Association of Realtors was projecting that houses were going to be um, up 6.3% uh, 12 months from now. Another group's projecting that they're going to be down, you know, 7%. And I'm just looking at all of this and I'm like, materials down. We can't find labor. We can't find help. And yes, interest rates are up. Yes, inventory is still at an all-time low. Builder starts are down. So I don't really think that we're going to be solving the housing problem anytime soon. No. And, and even you know when people are talking about, oh, there's going to be a correction. Let's say housing corrects 5% or 10% or 12% or even 15%. Compared to what? It's 15%. Yeah, what's the delta? Yeah. And so I look at all of this and I started out today by saying, you know, there's, if you if you're if you're listening to the news and that's all you hear, and by the way, I don't think I have my head in the sand. I don't think you have your head in the sand. We 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 have real issues out there. We have real issues in our organization that we've had to solve and have to continue to solve. You were talking about the inventory, um, you know, getting better, but that doesn't mean that it's solved completely. The price right. of houses are gone up. So you know, what have we done? We've gone out and found better financing for our residents. That's why I was talking about what the White House said, they're literally talking about financing mobile homes for um, families that can't afford this because we know it is a major problem. Right. And a matter of fact, there's a lot of people and we're, we've, we've, we've been diligent about tracking down these resources and these other groups who are aligned with our vision where 
affordable housing is an issue and they see the opportunity, one, because we're all in business, they see the opportunity to be in business around it, but they also see the need and how they can solve that need. We've aligned with several of them recently to find better finance options, to find better um, build practices and bring them in. We've got we've got several different partners that are literally knocking down our door saying, hey, we want to we want to fill your parks with homes. So come get them. Um, the other thing, I mean, you and I talked about this the last time I was on. We talked about it. We said there's no doubt that the government has to step in at some point to help solve this problem. We talked about how Fannie and Freddie was probably going to be the next step where they were going to open up funding for mobile manufactured housing. If, traditionally, it used to be you could kind of get away with it on a on a permanent foundation. Now they're opening it up to communities like ours where they're not necessarily permanentized. We all know in the industry they're 98% permanentized the second they get onto a lot, right? Um, it's just not cost effective to move them out for um, for the the person who's in the affordable housing space already, right? It's not cost effective. But now the government's finally starting to say, oh, wait, this isn't a flight risk. This isn't a hookup to a half-ton pickup truck and drive out of the community at night, uh, which is one of the biggest stereotypes, right? We saw this coming where they were going to step in and start saying, okay, we have to figure out financing options for them. We have to figure out manufacturing off. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if the government didn't step in and start helping our manufacturers at some point with incentives, whether it's tax breaks, whether it's um, you know, funding at low interest rates for expansion of production facilities and things like that, to see that come down the road in the next 12 months or so as well. Um, also, really exciting stuff happening. You and I have looked a lot. I mean, there's, man, there's foam-built tiny homes that go up in a matter of days, right? They're pre preformed and they come in and, and they're stuccoed and they're beautiful and they're nice. Um, 3D printing homes is becoming much more popular. And I'm not talking about plastic printed homes, although there is that, but concrete 3D printed homes that are coming into play. There's so many different options. There's there's pre-manufactured steel homes that come in and you throw up the walls and then you send your crew in and they just finish out the electrical plumbing and, and drywall. And those homes are put in place in a matter of, of two weeks with the right crews. And you can do 15 of those at a time. There's so much opportunity that's coming into the space. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is there's no better time right now, right? There's a lot of solutions and there's a lot of people seeing the writing on the wall that we have to solve this. It's just a matter of, is it in time? And what does the next 10 years look like? Yeah, well, and there's so much. I, I think we've talked about this in previous podcasts too, but I remember um, this was back in our plumbing and heating days. And I remember you bringing an article in, you know, from the Wall Street Journal that was talking about how big money was coming into the manufactured housing space. And, and so this has been happening for a while, but the things that have developed really in the last couple of years are super exciting. And, and even in the last six months, and I just kind of, um, to, I guess, kind of bring this together and put a bow on it. We've had some really amazing developments and I wanted to bring you on to just kind of talk about the tactical piece. First off for our listeners out there, if you're an accredited investor and you're interested in investing alongside of us, um, we have restructured our entire portfolio in a very exciting way. We've sold off probably a third of it in the last, well, not probably, we've sold off a third of it in the last uh, 18 months and we've consolidated everything else. We've got a forward-looking plan that's super exciting. Um, Tyler's team, we've got 700 new manufactured homes that we need to set. We've got another 200 and some remodels that we need to get done. But basically, we're really excited about where we're at because this forward-looking vision, you know, we see um, really just getting this portfolio that we've uh, accumulated in, 
and assembled, um, getting it across the line and whether we refinance in the next two to three years or we do a complete exit, um, either way is an exciting day for investors. It's an exciting day for you know our residents as well. I want to touch on something though. If you're an accredited investor and you're interested in investing alongside of us, um, text the word DEALS to 480-531-7519. Um, we are actively raising capital right now for two reasons. Number one, we've got a fixed income fund that uh, we utilize to finance homes. Well, not really finance, it's to bridge them um, on the front end for you know 12 months at a time, basically. And that allows us to order the homes, get the home set, get a resident in place. And as I was talking about, you know, the exciting part of this, we've closed a line of credit with a financing company. Um, and Tyler, I'll let you get in the weeds on this, but um, they basically, not basically, they finance our residents or us if we want to keep it as a rental on the backside. We closed on a $30 million line of credit facility. We've done three draws already. Um, this company is super easy to work with. It's backed by one of the largest um, private equity groups that exists in the world. And they're super exp excited about this space. And yes, I said a $30 million line of credit. Their, their, their whole purpose is to just finance the residents the home itself on the backside. That's how, you know, excited and optimistic, you know, some of these companies are on the affordable housing side. So if you're interested in getting in on this as Tyler and I talk more about it, text the word deals to 480-531-7519. Tyler, I'll kick it back to you, but what are some of the things, um, obviously you have a big lift ahead of you. What are some of the things that you're excited about? We've had some challenges, but um, kick it back to you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And that's one of the things like I was talking about, there's so many big players in the market right now and big money that has come in that know the industry now and they love it. Um, they see the value, they feel really good about what they're doing behind it, but also they understand that this is a huge need and there's great opportunity inside it. Um, some of the big stuff, that was that was one of the big hurdles that we were we were overcoming through these last two years through COVID and everything else. Um, that's, one, that's one piece of the puzzle that now has been removed. Um, the next piece of the puzzle was touched on it a little bit was the manufacturing. We've solved that. We've got we've got great relationships with multiple partners right now. Um, even upwards of two months ago, we were kind of questioning, all right, where are we at? What's going on? Well, we solidified those deals. We have the we have the um, production and we've got it allocated to to where it's coming into us and we've got it and we're a priority with these groups, which is fantastic because we have we have the room and the space and the in the inventory to put these in, and we have the demands in the markets. We touched a little bit earlier about um, why it's important for guys like you and I to invest in markets that do well in recessionary conditions. Um, really, anytime, right? We want that flat level good stuff. But the markets that we've invested in, they're poised for growth through recessionary times, not not. Um, not any kind of slowdown or back off. So really, really strategic in how we did that. Um, I think it's coming into play a little later than we thought it was. Uh, like I said, we didn't see quantitative easement coming. And so we, we anticipated this, this big push a couple of years ago. And now here we are finally um, seeing it. But um, just lots of lots of great opportunity, lots of demand for this. Um, and like we talked about earlier, it's only getting more and more. And we're seeing that um, on the back end, in our in our operations side of it, we're seeing a lot more requests. We're seeing a lot more demand. We're seeing um, a higher credit rating. Um, one of the things one of the things about um, lower income housing is you don't always get the the 700 800 credit rating um, coming in. 
And when we start seeing some of that six and 700 credit rating coming in on the front end, that means people are making proactive decisions to make changes ahead of this. And as we know, Mike, we've seen our parents, we've been through it now. There's another generation below us that have seen it come and go. Um, people are a lot more proactive now than they were um, during the last the last economic slowdowns that we've seen. They want to make those changes because they've seen entire families devastated. So we're seeing a lot more of that proactiveness coming in. Um, and we're seeing a lot more proactiveness on our manufacturers and providers coming in saying, okay, we're going to, like I said, they eliminated entire floor plans. They're saying, all right, how do we streamline so that we can get the most out to you guys right now and get it going? And so it's super exciting that we've got a lot of houses available. We've got great markets to put them in. And we've got an amazing team on the, on the ground and in our corporate office here that are just firing on all cylinders and are super excited to, uh, to start implementing the plan on this newly structured portfolio. Well, you look at, and again, I mean, <laughs> I don't hear any, you know, real, yeah, we may have some headwinds ahead, but when you really look at the fundamentals of it, I mean, affordable housing, it, even what you we were just talking about, the reality is with the credit scores and everything else, when you look at the average, I saw a thing the other day, like the average apartment right now just reached $2,100 a month or something nationally. And yep. so when you look at our lot rents at, you know, let's just say it's an average of 325 or 335, whatever the average is. And then, you know, we can still get a resident um, into a brand new three bedroom, two bath home for half the price of what they're going to pay to live in an apartment. And so when you start looking at these fundamentals, um, there's a lot of, it just, it makes a lot of sense. And when you look at, you know, some of the things again, that I'm super excited about, but just even I, I mentioned our fixed income fund that investors can get in on. It pays a 12% return if you invest for a year. And what's exciting about, you know, just solving some of these, you just have to connect the dots, right? Because some of our issues before were manufacturing timelines and we were married to one manufacturer because that's how we financed them. Well, we've created a, a front end bridge financing where we can go to any manufacturer, including the one that we were with before. And so investors can partake in that. It's a fixed income fund. We buy the home, we get the home ordered, we set the home, we put a resident in place, and now we have the financing that's also set. The beauty of this uh, line of credit that we've created, it, it doesn't have to be somebody that buys the home also because one of the challenges, and maybe you want to address this, but one of the challenges we've had in the past is people don't have enough money for a down payment. Well, we can put them into a home as a rental, and then once they qualify or have enough rent credit stored up, um, then we can convert it. And the fact that we have our line of credit, our credit facility, we can finance that home, even if it's just a rental. And so this has solved so many of our problems. We can finance it if it's a rental. We can finance it if the resident is buying it. It opens up all these options. And I'm just really excited about the future because again, at the end of the day, to be able to provide a brand new three bedroom, you know, two bath house with their own yard, they can have a dog, their kids can play in their fenced yard um, for half the price of an apartment yeah. in most markets. That's crazy. And let's talk about that a little bit because sometimes I feel like we, we glaze over that. And I get asked this question a lot, like, well, why, why a mobile home? Why not uh, a studio apartment or something like that? <coughs> and the answer to that is it's simple. Like there's, the, people don't want to share walls, right? People don't want to live in duplexes triplexes, fourplexes, apartment complexes because of the noise, because of sharing walls, because people are above me, people are below me. I have to go up and down stairs for groceries. There's so many advantages to pulling up just like you would in a sick built home in your driveway, straight up to it, 
and having your own fenced yard, having your pets, having the kids' ability to have their play set right in the yard. We still have parks. We still have barbecue areas like apartment complexes do, but you're not sharing walls. It's your own space, and it's an opportunity to, you know, say you're in it for eight or 12 months. You're like, God, I love this community. I love this home. It's perfect for us. And it's an opportunity for somebody to buy a house that maybe never would ever have that opportunity when we start looking at the average um, introductory home price of $200,000, $250,000 in most major markets. Um, it's, there's, so much, there's so much advantage, so much appeal to mobile manufactured housing. It gets brushed over because traditionally it was never a really sexy thing, right? Um, we've even seen this – is, this is a huge telling part of the industry – we're even seeing municipalities, cities, townships that are saying, hey, look, um, let's start looking at how we can manufacture or how we can start developing manufactured housing areas again. Um, and that's been that's been a major deterrent for the last 20 years. People are just saying, look, we're not building any more of these. We're not doing this anymore. People are really starting to see the appeal and the advantage to it and the need for it to the point where they're like, how do we start developing those? But as you and I know, that's a four or five, six year project. In itself, let alone going through all the process for uh, getting your architectural uh, and engineering designs and everything and getting those approved through the different municipalities. It's a big project and it's going to take time to do that. So, again, great opportunity for those of us who are at the front end of this um, this trend, um, especially with a lot of these problems or a lot of these challenges solved uh, over the last couple of years. So. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if there's anything else really to to dive into. I mean, it's uh, it's just a great time to be in the industry, and you know, even just on what you were talking about, one of the things that the White House came back with was, um, you know, asking municipalities to lighten up their zoning and and some of their infrastructure, you know, funding and all of that is going to be connected to it. So, you know, I, I think um, you know, when we're in periods of time like this, where you know nobody's really sure about the future and what does it really mean and um, you know, do I just put my head in the sand or do I invest everything in Bitcoin or Apple or manufactured housing or where I think you just come back to the fundamentals and, and, you know, there's going to be some huge opportunities. Number one, I think that, um, you know, the majority of wealth is transferred and made during, you know, recessions and that kind of thing. But again, I think we just bring it back to its simplest form. If you're questioning the kind of things that you should be investing in or what you should be getting into it's things that people need. And we're biased, obviously, when it comes to affordable housing. It's not the only thing. There's going to be a lot of things that, you know, you could invest in that people need. But I just think this is one of those areas that, you know, whether um, we were, I wouldn't say we're, you know, the earliest of adopters, because obviously, you know, mobile home parks started in the 60s. And we're probably Gen 3, really, if we look at it in, in that way. But um, you know, we've been investing in it since, uh, you know, for quite a while now, 12, 13 years, whatever the time frame is. And the reality is, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's just going to get more and more attractive. Um, I think, you know, investors and operators uh, have done a really good job of, you know, our mission is to provide safe, clean, affordable communities where people want to live. It's that simple. Um, it's not over the top. It's not swimming pools. It's affordable housing. But the reality is um, it's needed everywhere. And Karen and I were just talking about this the other day. We were driving past, um, uh, we were taking Hannah and Dylan to the airport and we drove past to Clayton Homes and we were reminiscing. Karen and I's first house was a, a, a it was a single wide mobile home, a two bedroom. I think it was a two bedroom. No, it was a three bedroom, uh, three bedroom, one bath actually. And we remember going 
to the manufactured home lots and just looking and just wishing that we could buy a, you know, a manufactured home. So this isn't, this isn't even a lot of times I think people think manufactured housing and they, they get this stigma. And that's the same thing that you were talking about with communities and everything else. There's this idea about what manufactured housing is, but you know, Karen, I looking back at it, it could be a starter home. There's people that live in these manufactured home communities forever because they choose to, not because they have to, but because they right. want to. My grandparents lived in a manufactured home community in Arizona because they they wanted to retire and they wanted that community aspect. And so there's all these different reasons why people choose to live in a manufactured home community. And it's not necessarily always the stigma. that, that It's actually hardly ever the stigma that comes with it. And again, I think investors and operators have done a really good job of turning these communities around, which is really what our goal is for the next couple of years, just kind of, you know, get the rest of these communities across the line, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's that stigma too, Mike, and you kind of talked about it. You and I grew up and you're in, you and I were both um, at a very young age, we were raised in, in trailers, right? And that's what we called them back then are the trailers, um, single wide trailers. And there's this myth out there that they don't stand up. They're not durable. They don't do this. Well, I'm, I'm fairly certain that we could probably go back to, to your original home and find it still to this day. I know for a fact that my 1968 home that I was raised in, in the 80s, is still there today and looking better today than it ever has. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much opportunity in these transitional homes, right? And they, they are, they're durable. They, they stand up to time. And even better yet, they're easy to turn and maintain and fix back up again when necessary and, and give them a fresh look. And that's what we're really good at is, is freshening up, not that old of homes, um, but some of these ones and we make them look almost like they're on a brand new home when you go into them and people really appreciate it. And you're right. It's a starter home for people. They're going to transition up. I can't tell you how proud I am of the many, many managers we've had come up through our communities mm -hmm. that have gone on and bought their next dream home by first living in buying and or renting our own homes inside of our communities. It's really fantastic and then there's those other ones that have been there you know for 20 years before we ever bought the community and they'll be there 20 years after um, we exit the communities they just love the community feel and we call them a community for a reason it is a community inside those much like i'm sitting here in an rv park and we build quick community inside that you get to know your neighbor real fast you're going to see him at the at the barbecue on the fourth of july like we did same thing inside of our communities, except it's a lot longer lasting friendships and relationships and community in a, in a pocket there. It's really cool. Well, well said. Um, anything else that you feel is relevant or needs to be covered? Man, I'm just excited. I'm excited for where the industry's going. I'm excited for what we're seeing. I'm excited for the walls that we've been able to bring down over the last six and eight months. And uh, I cannot wait to uh, give another report in six or eight months as to where we've come from this point. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, man. And I appreciate the team you've built. Um, that's another great thing. I mean, you know, it's hard to find good employees right now and we've been really fortunate to, uh, you know, keep and hold on to some amazing ones. And, um, you know, that's the other thing out there, like people that, uh, as the, you know, the labor market and everything else has gotten tight. That's, that's another, that's another amazing thing that if you can hold on to your employees, it's, it's, it's valuable right now. Um, for those of you, again, that are accredited investors, we have two opportunities. We have a income fund, which is short-term. It's secured by the communities. 
Um, it's also uh, guaranteed uh, by them. And then it has a lien on the mobile home. So that's a 12 or 24 month note. We also have an equity um, position that you can get into in the consolidated portfolio. I'm super excited. Again, our plan is in the next two to three years to either refinance out completely or exit. Um, you know, there's been a huge consolidation in the industry. Private equity has really come after um, the larger portfolios. And I think we currently have about 20. So when we get this portfolio across the line, it will be um, a target for acquisition. But again, we might just refinance and hold it because we've built an amazing team and um, that's worth something too. So if you're interested in getting in either in a fixed income position or in an equity position, text the word deals to 480-531-7519 and we can get on a call and, and talk further through it. Anything else? Yeah, happy to be hey. here, man. Yeah, me too. Let's go, uh, let's go jump on a <coughs> leadership team meeting, huh? Okay, sounds good, man. All right, cheers. See ya. If you've found value in this episode and you know someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.